Hello, Kryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. Happy Sunday, everyone. I am here with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli, to give you the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. With that said, make sure to follow us on Discord and YouTube. With that said, enjoy the episode. Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli, to give you the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. With that said, let's get started with the top 10 daily stats. Let me switch over the page here. There you go. Now you have visuals for those that are watching on YouTube. Uh, starting off with Bitcoin, number one, settling at $43,622.58 with a seven-day loss of 9.5% and a market cap of $821 billion. Number two, Ethereum, settling at $3,090.94 with a 9.8% loss in the past seven days with a market cap of $363 billion. Number three, we have Cardano settling at $2.26 with a seven-day loss of 4.7% and a market cap of $72 billion. Number four, Tether stablecoin settling at $1, of course, with a seven-day gain of 0.2% and a market cap of $69 billion. Number five, Binance coin settling at $350.23 with a whopping seven-day loss of 14.9% and a market cap of 50 four billion dollars number six xrp settling at 94 cents with a seven-day loss of 11.9 percent and a market cap of 44 billion dollars number seven solana settling at 137 dollars and 86 cents with a whopping whopping 19 point and 19 loss in the past seven days and a market cap of 40 billion dollars Number eight, USD coin, another stable coin, settling at $1 with a seven-day loss of 0.1% and a market cap of $31 billion. Number nine, Polkadot, settling at $29.43 with a 15.7% loss in the past seven days and a market cap of $30 billion. And last but not least, Dogecoin, settling at $0.20 cents, and a market cap, uh, sorry, excuse me, and a seven-day loss of 14% and a market cap of $27 billion. You notice, John, that uh, Doge has moved to the place that USD Coin was previously, and mm. Polkadot. So it's like Polkadot was in in eighth, USD Coin was in tenth, and or actually Doge Coin was in eighth. Doge Coin's been going down, 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 down. Yeah. And USD Coin is going up now. Obviously, USD Coin being a stable coin, it doesn't really fluctuate in value very much, but it's a lot more people are using it because it's on Coinbase, and just like Tether, you know, Tether's still in fourth place there. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I as I said before, even though Avalanche is about 15 billion right now and dogecoin's about 27 billion i still see avalanche overtaking doge mm, that's that's a oh. big stretch man that's gonna it's a big jump but it's gonna happen because it's either that or terra because terra and avalanche are neck and neck right now right now terra is at 14.3 and avalanche is at 14.9 they're right there but they're all also pushing up so man, terra huh terra coming up wow yep all right well, let's make sure we get our crypto, uh, our primary, our coin gecko candies. Yeah, hold on. Uh, market cap at market cap at uh, oh, yeah, two over uh, two. Yeah, it's a two point zero two trillion dollars up by two point one percent. That's the entire market cap. And yep. your candies. Let's see, candies. Oh, candies. 
collect sweet, delicious candies to get your NFTs. Awesome. I mean, we got the NFTs on the last podcast. If you guys check that out, you can go to rewards. And I think they still have some on here. They do. Um, I went and signed up for Engine. Yeah, right got here. Got the Engine wallet. Got the uh, got the candies now. It doesn't. If you guys do sign up for this and buy it with the fifteen hundred candies that you've been collecting all this time, you, it will take about a week for you to get that NFT stuck into your wallet, your Engine wallet. Once uh, once you get it. But, That's awesome. Uh, this is because they're waiting for everybody else to buy in before they you know before they run out. Yeah, so. there's only six thousand left as of today. Six thousand three hundred one left. As of today, a lot so. of people have already claimed them. So remember, if uh, you like our content, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Check us out on Discord and Reddit. We'd really love to have you in our Discord channel because uh, the more of the better, and the more people to talk to you, the better uh, our channel will be growing. And if you want to support the platform, please donate through Bitcoin or Ethereum, Binance, or Bat. That's the basic attention token. In the description below. All right. So now, Hi, John's book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> book. All right, <laughs> right over here. There it is. All right. So number generator. We tried to do this last time. It didn't work. Uh, we uh, got everything set up this time. We're doing a max of one thousand coins and just find a random uh, token out there. We picked seven twenty nine. Seven twenty nine is mirrored Amazon, which I've never heard of until now. And the the, the price is currently at three thousand four hundred eighty nine dollars and four here is the market cap. Check all that out. Actually, where's the exchange at? Um, markets. It's up markets. Here we go. Markets. Here we go. Pancake swap. Uniswap. Pancake swap. V2. Pancake swap. Uh, V2 old. So yeah, it's on a few exchanges. So I'm assuming it's an. It is an Ethereum uh, token. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Etherscan. You can go to the website at mirror.finance. Go over there. Mirror. Mirror assets reflected on the blockchain. Uh, let's see how it works. Mirror protocol allows the creation of fungible assets synthetics that track the price of real-world assets. Mirror synthetics are intended to be used as key building blocks in smart contracts and bring the world's assets to the blockchain. You can mint, you can target, and you can burn. And there is a couple of wallets here. Mirror wallet, Terra swap, Mirror web app, and METH. Okay. Powered by Terra, available on the interchain. Cool. Developed by the community. The Mirror Protocol is entirely built and governed by the community of MIR token holders, which is fairly distributed via liquidity and platform incentives without a team or investor pre-mine. MIR tokens can be used to propose and vote on important changes to the protocol here. How does that work? Like, sure. Developed by the community. I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean they got a legitimate website. I'll give them props for that. Yeah, so there it is. There's your token of the day. All right, let's move on over to the news. Jake, you want to take the first one? Sure thing. The Netflix one there. Yep. All right, Netflix to premiere documentary on two hundred and fifty million dollar Quadriga CX scandal next year. Ooh, this will be exciting, wouldn't it? Nef Nef next year, Netflix will premiere a new documentary on the Quadriga CX scandal called, quote, Trust No One, The Hunt for the Crypto King, end quote. It will tell the story of Gerard Gotten, Cotton, for me, uh, the, the founder of the Canadian crypto exchange who died while on honeymoon in India in 2018 and was thought to have taken a quarter billion dollars in customer funds to the grave. Mm. A 
press release from Netflix says the documentary will follow a group of investors turned sleuth as they try to unlock the suspicious death of the cryptocurrency multimillion, multimillionaire Gary Cotton. Gary Cotton. To say his name right. <laughs> it's not that complicated of a name. And in the missing quarter billion dollars, they believe he stole from them. And there's a couple of tweets here. Uh, it's from Netflix. From Netflix, yes. The Puppet Master Hunting the Ultimate Con Man. The three-part series coming in January that tells the insane story of an audacious, audacious con man who was convicted in 2005. Then a sudden shocking twist as the story reaches into play as a family sudden, suddenly fears their mom's safety. Puppet Master Hunting the Ultimate Con Man. Anyways, uh, continue on. Some people thought that, the con that Cotton... Had actually died, but instead faked his death and fled with. Uh, hadn't actually died, pardon me, and faked his death and fled with the customer funds. In December 2019, lawyers representing out-of-pocket customers requested that the Canadian police dig up his grave to check that he was actually there. The Canadian police denied this request, and people on uh, people these days generally accepting content really did die of Crohn's disease, but hadn't taken the keys to the customer funds with him to the grave. According to postmortem findings from Ernst & Young, Conten had been siphoning funds from Quadriga CX well before his death and spending them on luxury items such as cars, planes, and yachts. To do this, Conten created a fake account on Quadriga CX and bought his customers cryptocurrency using fake Canadian dollars. Things came to a head when the Ethereum market in which Conten had was deeply to which he was deeply exposed, crashed in 2018, wiping out all his wealth. Investigative work by Amy Castor detailed how Content had been scamming for years. Years before crypto was a thing, Content was knee-deep in Ponzi schemes, including one that was later shut down by the FBI. The Crypto King, in common with Canon, would make Content the male equivalent to the Crypto Queen, named by BBC journalist Jamie Bartlett in his popular radio documentary on alleging Ponzi scheme OneCoin. While Quadriga CX cost investors hundreds of millions of dollars, Bartlett sources claimed that one coin had taken as much as $15.8 billion as wow. early as 2018. The Netflix documentary is, is directed by BAFTA-nominated or BAFTA-nominated documentary Luke Sewell. Or Sewell. It is produced by UK-based Minnow Films and the producer of My Granny the Escort, <laughs> Dodging Tales, and <laughs> When Harry Lost Hogwarts. Some interesting names of movies. Netflix and also announced Tiger King 2, which I could care less about, will premiere this year. So um, I should probably just ignore that Tiger King crap. But uh, yeah, that's a quarter billion dollars that people still think he may have taken to his grave. Uh, it's not like he's going to do much with it, right? Mm -hmm. So that. But it does suck to lose all that money. I'm not blaming those people for looking into it. The question is the reality that eventually we're all going to pass. I, I'm kind of curious. Aside from this, I kind of want to go on side tangent. Is what's the best practice for us that have crypto on a um, on a custodial wallet, non-custodial wallet, to pass on to our families, friends, or organizations? What's the best wallet out there? I, I don't know at the moment. I wish I knew. Um, other than, I guess, writing down your private keys, keep it in the safe, and um, I guess making a will on it, you know? Mm -hmm. I guess yeah, that would be uh, the exactly. best way to do it. 
I wish there was some uh, an easier way to do that, but as of right now, I don't know the answer to that. So if you guys that are listening or watching and know the answer to that, please leave us a message in Discord, please. All right, so let's go on to the next one. Dow or Die, written by Josh Quitner. Hmm. New guy. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Josh. The other night, I laid curled up in my bed, sobbing. Now what? Asked my wife. Nothing. I lied. Are the Twitter boys being mean again? She asked, giving me a hug. No, I lied. In fact, yes, earlier in the day, two OGs were influ- who web, influence- web influencers that I have admired and followed for years had been very mean about crypto. It started when one of them, a Web2 guy with 580,000 followers, tweeted that virtually every project on the blockchain is a fraud. Quote, there's no value in using those technologies, he said. Then the other fellow, one of the uh, original uh, Mosaic developers, tweeted that tech journalists have a complete immunity to shame. Uh, As an OG tech journalist and co-founder of Decrypt, I was doubtless. So he's an OG of, he's a co, what? Really? He's a co-founder of Decrypt. I never heard of Josh. I was uh, doubtly, doubt, doubly, doubly stung. Doubly stung and tweeted back in defense. Surely they remembered being disruptors themselves back when the ignoranti attacked the infant internet, dismissing it as a money-making fad. Mm-hmm. But this only escalated the hostility. Oh, FFS, replied the former Mosaic guy. Cryptocurrencies are 100% a, a grift that created nothing. Lose me with this bullshit take. The Web2 guy agreed, I would be astounded if you can point to a single crypto project that has any reason to be on the blockchain except to hype it up to folks already on the grift. I unfollowed them grift. 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 I unfollowed them who needs to be subjected to hostile opinions that run counter to my own. I already have my own wife for that. (laughs) (laughs) Still, their words haunted and shamed me. Had they been less hateful, I would have told them about the cool crypto thing Decrypt is working on right now. Oh. And that gave me an idea. I will write an ongoing column telling the story of Decrypt's glorious adventures as we decentralize our company. Awesome. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, Oh, I can hear Dan Roberts, Decrypt's fearless editor-in-chief, howling even now. He hates when I say that our goal is to decentralize this site because it sounds like we intend to make our editorial team disappear. Not true. Not even close. The goal is to find a better business model and a better way of doing business and uh, that will make our team and our journalism even stronger. Our first challenge is this. We and our advisors are creating a kind of decentralized associated press with the help of a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, to guide and fund the process. We are building a platform where reputable content creators can stake tokens and distribute their trustworthy, vetted content to publishers through the Newswire service. The Newswire will work like the AP in that publishers, including Decrypt, will continue to publish on their own sites as well as on the wire service. If this thing is to fly, and that is a very big if, is which is why I capitalized and italicized it. I think tokenomics will be uh, key to incentivizing people to participate. And if they pitch it, pitch in over time, their collective efforts will help us build a decentralized media protocol to make the publishing process more frictionless. Exactly. Awesome, man. I like that. I like what Decrypt is doing. Sign up for Decrypt and collect your candies and be part of this new community that's growing in Decrypt. I think it's awesome, man. 
We've been using Decrypt for uh, for quite some time now. I like I like the I like their um, their their journalists that they have. Um, yeah, very good. I appreciate their content. I mean, not not always do they get. I don't know how to put it exactly. Obviously, we're reading occasionally. We we read some basically advertisement. It's like no, that was not a jur- that was not journalism. That was just an ad. Yeah, plug but in. Yeah. um, but they do seem to do a pretty good job of it, and they do seem to comprehend what they're doing. So, we'll move on to the side eyeing Chloe, <laughs> the NFT. Mm-hmm. All right, so side eyeing Chloe NFT sells for seventy-five thousand dollars. She seems a little bit cheap to three F music. Where's the $400,000 sale? It is a pretty famous NFT, or a pretty famous image. 3F Music has snapped up another MFT uh, meme NFT, the latest meme to make its way to the wallet of Dubai Music production company is Side Eye and Chloe, which 3F bought on Friday for 25 ETH, or $75,000. And here's the tweet. Sold to 3F Music for 25 ETH. Thanks so much for, the, for all the bids. And thank you to the NFT community for helping us push this out to the market. The actual sale. Okay, so Side Eye and Chloe refers to the 2013 clip of a two-year-old Chloe Clem responding to the news of a surprise trip to Disneyland. Chloe, mother, Katie, films her reaction of the two children. Chloe's sister, Lily, is ecstatic, pardon me, ecstatic about the news of a three-day trip. Yay! And burst into tears. She learns of the, her good fortune. Chloe looks less than impressed. <laughs> <laughs> the clip has about 20 million views as of the screen grab of Chloe has been re- uh, reproduced countless times as a meme. BuzzFeed once claimed it was, quote, the only reaction you'll ever need for anything ever, end quote. <laughs> the family sold the screen grab of the 660 by 371 image as an NFT in September 24th, each pixel thus cost roughly 30 cents. <laughs> wow. Katie, Chloe's mother, told BBC, the mother, uh, the money is awesome, but it's just the fact that we got to do this as a family is so much fun. Katie said that the, plan, the family plans to save the ETH instead of converting it all to cash. In this ever-changing world, it could be worth a lot more next week, she told BBC. And she's definitely right about that. Just wait till it gets to 10 grand. Don't sell it till then. <laughs> 3F has bought uh, several NFTs, uh, several meme NFTs. The company bought an NFT linked to Disaster Girl meme for $390,000, an NFT of Kevin Ruse's New York Times column for $560,000, an overly attached girlfriend meme for $411,000, and the company's founder, uh, Farzin Fardin Fard, holds the 393 NFTs in its collection. A clip of Lily learning about another trip to Disneyland, filmed two years earlier, has 19.9 million views. Lily overwhelms, sobs in the camera. Chloe's just a baby at the time. Once again, looks nonplussed by the news. A clip of Lily falling off the swing three has 8.6. So these girls are exceptionally popular, right? I'm not going to go anymore. I think everybody who knows memes probably knows these these yeah. visuals. The real news here is uh, Side Eye and Chloe getting purchased for 75k. But it, I actually kind of appreciate seeing that that all those other major sales of some other pretty famous memes. We're actually going to 3F Music all this time. I didn't really realize that. I remember the one of the of the uh, over enthusiastic girlfriend, mm-hmm. and um, 
and the the disaster girl. Yeah, I just didn't realize it was the same people buying the same thing. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't know that either. That Fard has actually a lot of ETH that he probably has had for a long time, and he's just going, well, it, you know, it didn't cost him anything to get it. Maybe you know, maybe he spent like ten grand on it, you know, uh, six years ago, and now it's worth millions. So he's just like, yeah, I can throw this money around like it's nothing, which is mm-hmm. I think what people are doing, right? People like there was a kid I learned, and I'm not trying to take too much of a sidestep here. But there was a kid in in um, 2018 that I don't think it was decrypted did the the article on, but basically he purchased a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin back when Bitcoin very first got started, and that at the time in 2018 was worth eight million dollars wow. when it hit the peak. Now I'm sure if he still has any of it left, it's worth quite a bit more, but um, it's uh, at least twice as much. Now here, here's the question. Here's the question. On another side note, in regards to NFTs, I was reading an article a few days ago that um, these these folks, these wells that have millions of dollars, um, are they really buying NFTs as an investment, or are they money laundering their their liquidity into NFTs to move funds around? Um, that's that's what I was reading uh, a few days ago, and I guess there's it, it does exist, and it's been it's been caught caught on a few times. But how many people are doing this? Is this is this a normal thing uh, when it comes to the people that thing, are holding lots of money? Was, it was also true of paintings years ago. The difference is with a painting, um, even if you pay so much money to Sotheby's to buy a painting, you could just give that painting to someone else, right? In payment for some transaction and there's no proof of where it went right mm-hmm. how would you know it's you know it's black market kind of stuff but now you trade an mt to someone everyone's gonna see where it went yeah yeah so i mean as much as obviously there are people getting into this thing and, and there is some level i don't know if it's an, just explicit anonymity because you don't necessarily know who bought what nft right right you know somebody paid a lot of money for it um but you don't necessarily know who whose account that is right mm-hmm. who, who who owns that uh, address right who knows right you can keep track of it but who knows who it belongs to but the nft you can easily see it being moved around if someone gives it to someone else like some of those crazy nfts went to those corporate accounts mm-hmm. you can easily see who has them now you know who owns them because they're corporate but anybody who keeps their accounts separated like like even the people from us doing you know dynamo how many wallets do i have like i have like six and mm-hmm. Only one of them does, do most people know I have, which is, of course, the one that's got the most coin in it. But, but, uh, you know, you could have plenty of different accounts. You could move an NFT that was worth a lot more money to a different account. You, know, you paid $400 million for this NFT and now it's moving it. But is that your account still? Hmm. Or your address? How do you know? Right. So, if it, someone claims it, it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if right now, currently, it's the internet that's discovering. Um, all these NFTs that are being moved. They're keeping an eye on NFTs being moved from one wallet to another. And they're, the, the internet's pretty good at identifying and investigating who's own, who's holding what uh, NFT or what coin in what wallet. The internet's amazing in regards to that. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me that if uh, in the near future that there's going to be a corporate investigation team, a private investigation team that um, gets paid to do this. To get to keep an eye on on NCs moved from one wallet to another, it's a money maker, awesome. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Right, yeah, moving move. this stuff around, I'm sure there's already tracking groups that are already tracking all this information. So, All right, let's move on to the next one. But before I start reading, um, oh, where is it at? Did I lose it? Charlie Hodgkin's one? No, oh, there no. was uh Huh. Oh, let me refresh this page here because there was one. Oh, is it not here? Let me see. Hold on a second. I apologize. Um, huh. I got to refresh this. I swear I saw something here in regards, to in, in regards to Celsius. Huh. Maybe it was further down. I'm not sure. Okay, we'll just uh, we'll just we'll just go from here. Uh, next news article written by Robert Stevens: DeFi coin lead market rebound after Huobi shuts out of Chinese traders. Uh, this morning, Huobi announced that mainland Chinese investors could no longer sign up for accounts, and existing Chinese customers would have their accounts retired by December 31st. Huobi's restrictions follows the Chinese central bank's decision to ban virtual currency trading earlier this week. That People's Bank of China had already heavily restricted crypto trading, but its most recent notice are the strongest signals yet that the government wants to erase speculative crypto trading. The market promptly sank on Huobi's announcement. Bitcoin fell from $42,200 to $40,809, and Ethereum fell from $2,806 to $2,750. Huobi token is down 20% in the past 24 hours. But within a few hours, the market had uh, more than recovered. Bitcoin, the large cryptocurrency by market cap, jumped 8% in over two hours. Yada, yada, yada. Ethereum. Uh, okay, rising price, another crypto uh, Another crypto suggests that Chinese users may be fleeing the decentralized finance, a network of permissionless financial protocols that the People's Bank of China's can't shut down. The price of the coin that powers decentralized exchange Uniswap, Sushi, and stablecoin lending protocol maker rose 17%, 12%, and 10% respectively in the past 24 hours. All right. So that's unfortunate for Huobi, man. It looks like it's going to go down and never come back up, man. The Chinese yeah, are just going to bury big, that one. Really big exchange. that it, It's really to see, weird to see it just disappear. Like, I'm like what Matt Cox went down. Um or when Silk Road went down, but of course we know why they they died. But yeah. it, it's the same time. It's just you know the government does have some it, control. This, and you really need to move to decentralize if you want to get away from that. Right, and that's what that's what uh, Binance is, uh, CZ is doing with Binance. They're trying to keep it decentralized. Yeah. But uh, before I move on to to that, who will be? What I was gonna say? Dang it! Um, yeah, you're right. I was gonna say uh, Binance uh, CZ is talking about. Uh, centralizing their their company to a certain location so they can be more um official and organized and, and be part of the actual uh, og stock market i guess and make some etfs or whatnot uh we'll see if that happens i don't know we will i see. personally i personally don't know if that's the right move for binance i really like what binance is doing i just wish that I had access to that particular market. Unfortunately, as American citizens, we can't access the entire Binance market. We're restricted to certain coins. So for the rest of you guys out in the world listening to this, you guys are so lucky to have access to, to so much other coins out there, to make so much more money out there. Unfortunately, we don't have that privilege. Yeah, our government's too protective. Yeah. They, pr they think we're stupid and we can't handle our own money. So continuing on with uh, the Bitcoin on Twitter by Jeff John Roberts. Click on Twitter, the promise and the problems. 
This is about Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey, the Bitcoin maximalist, CEO of Twitter, put his money where his mouth is this week. His company rolled on Bitcoin tipping on its 300 million active users, except for that one we all hate. Sorry. <laughs> service that will let anyone send or receive Bitcoin by sharing a wallet address or uh, using an app called Strike. And to top it off, Twitter has also announced a plan to let users connect their Bitcoin wallets to NFT tied to NFTs tied to their identity, right, per you know uh, Board Eight Yacht Club. Where to begin? For starters, this might be the most mainstream moment in Bitcoin's history. That's because Twitter isn't just a mega social media platform used by political and sports figures, but also a major force in media that helps drive the news of the day. Tying crypto payments to all this could spur tens of millions of people to use Bitcoin for the first time. The Bitcoin integration means Twitter has already done something other tech giants could not, build a borderless payment system right into its app. Quite brilliant, honestly. You may recall Facebook sought to do this three years ago with a new type of stablecoin called Libra. But regulators all but killed the plan. Twitter is more likely to avoid that fate since it doesn't wield Facebook's monopoly over power and because it's relying on its on an existing global currency, Bitcoin, rather than trying to mint its own money, Twitter coin or whatever. <laughs> Bitcoin tipping also uh, coincides with the launch of a number of other new non-crypto Twitter products, including newsletters and a live forum called Spaces that are designed to let artists and creators connect directly with their audiences. Nice. Sounding like it's a competition for TikTok, honestly. In practice, this means that a comedian in Mexico could perform on Twitter and instantly receive tips from people in Madrid, Buenos Aires, and New York. The company has even set up an invoicing system. The world has been waiting for something like this. For decades, media and culture have been borderless, but payments have not. Sure, we've been able to use credit cards in crypto internationally, but there's still no easy one-click you know, tool plugged into all the apps we use every day, unless you're in China. Twitter's Bitcoin tipping feature could change all that and also spur the likes of YouTube, TikTok, and others, I just not mentioned TikTok, and others to follow suit. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, adding NFTs to a form of as a form of identification, as Twitter has pledged to do, could help make crypto communities even more mainstream. People use the features first, if people use the features. First, Dorsey has to show he can pull this all off, and that's an open question. Twitter delighted Cryptoland by launching Bitcoin tipping, but you can see how this it works here. It's a link, but that doesn't mean it's planned. Sure, that's the case. For one thing, the reliance on Strike can mean trouble, since the app and its obnoxious founder don't appear to be ready to deal with the regulatory issues that go along with launching a global payment network. Strike has, or was, also the partner for El Salvador's government <clears throat> bumpy Bitcoin rollout. And speaking of governments, the tax rules surrounding Bitcoin remain a mess, especially in the U.S. And it's impossible, or pardon me, it is possible that those who use Twitter tipping will find themselves with an unpleasant surprise come tax time, something that will certainly chill adoption. And then there's Disney, uh, pardon me, Disney, Dorsey's <laughs> uh, decision <laughs> to embrace, why did I have Disney on the brain? No, embrace, embrace Bitcoin and Bitcoin alone. This has already ruffled the feathers of Ethereum fans and led Decrypt's founder Josh Quintner to wonder if Dorsey could, uh, Dorsey excluded 
Ethereum over fears it would threaten Twitter's or centralized platform, rather. Whatever his motive, Dorsey's Bitcoin only pa Bitcoin only path will create political opposition from DeFi's diehards. The project could really use on its side. Then there are the practical problems with Twitter's plan, especially when it comes to NFTs. The company says it will let users display NFT-based badges that are tied to their wallets, but the Bitcoin blockchain doesn't appear to appear up to this task, and Twitter refuses to explain exactly how it will work. Never a good sign. The bottom line is that Twitter's Bitcoin initiative is full of promise, but fraught with peril. Let's not judge just yet. The company has just pushed forward with a Bitcoin feat the world has never seen before. And for that, it deserves kudos. I love kudos. Have a great, have a great weekend. Anyways, nice. the, um, uh, this is really kind of an interesting concept. Uh, obviously, I hope it works. Obviously, Strike is kind of... Uh, We'll strike, out, yeah, Strike is one of those things else. that it's it's a it's a corporate company. It's gonna be it's gonna be regulated. So be careful using any, any Strike services because, yeah, oh, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you, and, you may you may end up screwing yourself. <laughs> yeah. In regards to to uh, uh, Jack Dorsey integrating Bitcoin into Twitter is amazing. That's what I'm telling you, man. I like this guy. This guy's amazing. I love him. Um, but it's not only just Bitcoin, it's actually Lightning Network. I was reading on, on a previous article. So that it makes it even better is that he's already thought f thought through this. Obviously, folks can't really do do um, uh, deposits and withdrawals just with Bitcoin main chain. So he's already integrated Lightning into Twitter, which you can receive tips from. And that costs a fraction of a Satoshi to move that, uh, that, li that Lightning uh, Bitcoin uh, in and out of wallets into other wallets. Uh, and the one that I used, I'm going to plug in here that uh, that I have experience with, and that is working, is the, the blue wallet. Literally, the color blue, blue wallet. That's what I've used, and I've never had any issues with that. So for those that are listening, yeah, all around the globe and watching, blue wallet is the one that I give some thumbs up. All right, and get yourself on Twitter. Check us out on Twitter as well. Do we have our Twitter plug in here? Ah, oh, no, I should I should write it in here. There you go. Gotta add that in there. Okay. All right. With next. Bitcoin, Ethereum recovers from China, or are you going over one that earlier? Let's see Chinese here. Government. Let's see. Wall Street. Wall Street bets. Source of GameStop short squeeze launches crypto subreddit. Now, the big shorts investors and Bitcoin uh, critics, uh, Michael Burry, subpoenaed over GameStop trading. Huh. Mm, no. FTX relocates from Hong Kong to Bitcoin friendly Bahamas. Huh. FTX. You know, FTX took over Blockfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that. Okay. The one I'm looking for, I seriously thought, I saw just right before we started recording, was uh, something about Celsius, and I want to find that one. Yeah. That's, there it is. That's, okay. So there's actually this one here, Chinese government reiterates that crypto uh, related businesses are illegal. We've already got that plugged in. Uh, new NFT platforms from Gary V targets fine art opera. Nice, Gary V doing his thing on NFT. That's awesome. I was watching a lot of his videos. He's out there really like plugging NFTs, and his NFTs are gonna be worth a lot. The one I want to read is in regards to Celsius. Celsius has been going through a lot of um, uh, targeted attacks against regulatory uh, things with the government. Yep. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still thumbs up. I still, uh, personally, I still approve Celsius. There's nothing wrong with their company, uh, but let's see what this article is going to say. Let's see if it shines bad light on it. 
Written by Liam Frost. Come on, Liam. Do me good. Uh, Kentucky files an emergency cease and desist order against crypto lender Celsius. And this is probably from Gary. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Gary Gensler, right? The Kentucky Department of Financial Institutions has filed an emergency cease and desist order against cryptocurrency lending company Celsius Network, barring the firm from soliciting or selling its earned interest accounts in the state. Celsius Network offers its clients to deposit their cryptocurrencies, which can then be loaned out to institutions to earn returns of up to 17%. Get paid paid new coins every week and borrow cash at 1%. Buy coins, earn yield, borrow, and transfer with no fees, the firm's website touts. According to Kentucky's regulators, however, the company's interest accounts are actually securities that are allegedly being sold without proper registration. The department has become aware that the company is offering securities in the form of investment contracts in exchange for the crypto deposits of assets with the company. These investment contracts allow passive investors to earn profit in the form of interest on the assets deposited with the company and qualified as securities under the act, Kentucky's regulator argued. According to the order, 1,607 EIAs have been opened for 1,571 Kentucky investors in the past three years and four months. In total, residents of the state have deposited roughly $17.6 million worth of various cryptocurrencies to Celsius, while the company has paid them just over $453,000 over the same period. Kentucky calls Celsius account security. As part of its reasoning, the regulator pointed out that all securities, which Celsius's uh, EIAs allegedly are, must be properly registered as such. A review of the department's records revealed that neither Celsius nor the EIAs offers offered its websites are registered with the department as required under the act. Additionally, neither Celsius nor the EIAs appear to be entitled to any exemption from registration under the act, the order stated. Additionally, the department pointed out that Celsius EIAs are not protected by the Securities and uh, uh, Investors Protection Corporation, SIPC, nor insured by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, or the National Credit Union Administration, NCUA. As a result, Celsius investors are subject to additional risk compared to investors who maintain assets with the most SIPC member broker-dealers, banks and savings associations, or credit unions, the regulators explained. Decrypt has reached out for additional comments to Salesforce Network's CEO, Alex Mashinsky, but did not receive a a reply at press time. Uh, Yeah. With the addition of Kentucky, a total of four U.S. states have already taken similar actions against Salesforce. Just last week, New Jersey Bureau of Securities filed a cease and desist order against the company to stop offering its high interest accounts in the state. On the same day, the Texas State Securities Board ordered the firm to appear for administrative hearing in February. On September 16th, the Alabama Security Commission also filed its cease and desist order against Celsius on the same grounds. Ah, <sighs> man. What do they want? What do they want? What do they want? They want them to become a securities place, and Celsius is like, we're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, the interesting thing about this is that from my understanding is that Celsius has done everything to follow compliance to, to, to follow compliance. They've got all the permits from just about every single state. Um, so I don't know what, what, what's going on with this stuff. You know, what's coming from the SEC. These states are following the SEC's um, guidelines. Gary Gensler, man, he is the, the nemesis of crypto. Really? Mm-hmm. I should write an article on that, huh? The nemesis of crypto. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. 
Uh, I still support Celsius. I still support the whole team out there. Uh, Alex Mashensky is awesome guy. He still speaks publicly, even though he didn't he didn't connect with uh, Decrypt at the time of this press release. I'm sure there's going to be a follow up. He he's the guy that doesn't mind talking about what's going on. Uh, I know that for a fact because he comes on every single Friday uh, to, to, to to talk to the community publicly. You have questions. I mean, if you have questions in regards to this, you can talk to him personally right there. Boom, you know, and he'll 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 answer the question. Uh, if you go to the website, you can see literally they they they've scanned all their their um, their uh, their licenses from all these different states, and you can publicly see uh, all these I guess state commissioners that have signed every single one of these articles. So it, it my it boggles my mind like why what what the hell's the problem? I think what the problem is that once again the SEC just doesn't like these type of companies that are giving out seventeen percent. Oh, you can't do that because we're not even giving one percent. You that's way too high. That's way too high. But the thing is, if you understand how the, the flywheel works in Celsius, the reason they're able to give out 17% because what they're doing is they're loaning out 25% um, of the crypto and and the, the, the folks that are borrowing crypto have to put down a deposit of four times up to like 10 times the amount in order to take that crypto. So there's never a loss there in that crypto. Now, obviously, if the crypto price goes up, they could get liquidated, but there has rarely Celsius is one of those companies that rarely I think I think you can count on on the digits of your hand how many folks have been liquidated in the past several years that they've been in business and that's very rare that's happened and, and the only reason that's ever happened according to Celsius is that unfortunately these these companies that uh, did not follow up to try to fix their their issue and and being liquidated was that there was no 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 contact or no answer no response from these from these clients. And so they, that's how they got liquidated. Uh, but that's very far and few in between. It's not like other companies where they want you to get liquidated. Once once it happens, boom, you're gone. Celsius is like, okay, you're on the verge of uh, being liquidated. We want to help you out. What can we do? Can we extend you a little longer? They don't want you to get liquidated. Celsius will try their best. As long as you stay in contact with them, if you're if you're pulling out a loan with them and you stay in contact with them, um, they, they, they that's why I really like Celsius. They are a community that's that's connected with the community. Yeah, I support Celsius. I really do. Same here. Um, I'm gonna go with the Chinese government one. Is that cool? Yeah. Where's that at? It's the Chinese government reiterates that crypto-related business activities are illegal. Okay. The 24th. So, all right. Um, the Chinese government has released more. This is two-day-old news for everyone, and it's written by uh, Scott Cipollino. Chinese government has released more details about its crypto ban. Quote, recently, virtual currency trading hype activities have risen, disrupting economic and financial order. Honestly, I think that's BS. Breeding illegal and criminal activities, that might be true, such as gambling, illegal fundraising, fraud, pyramid schemes, and money laundering, in quote, the government said. It's not like that isn't going on in the Chinese government all day long, so what are they worried about? To prevent these risks from further materializing, the government has today published a notice that clarifies its stance on crypto. The notice clarifies the vir that virtual currencies do not have the same legal status as legal currency in China. It's just the iron grip of the, of the CCP coming down here. It also reiterates that uh, what has been in place for years, namely that cryptocurrency trading is against the law. Quote, virtual currency related business activities are legal financial activities, end quote, the government no uh, notice reads in English. Uh, the notice also calls for the strengthening of risk monitoring and early warning of virtual currency trading. 
The new release information has already taken its toll on the crypto on crypto markets. Bitcoin, the industry's flagship currency, has dropped by almost 4% in the last hour, and Ethereum is down 3.3% in the same time frame. And then there's a picture of it that shows what's going on with Bitcoin. This was a while ago, I'll say it's two days. China's tumultuous relationship with crypto this year has been a testing year for Chinese crypto industry. Starting as early as February, China clamped down on the crypto mining with miners across provinces like Inner Mongolia and um, Xinjiang told to shut up shop. In May, a group of three payments of financial associations reiterated the Chinese bank's ban and on firms engaging with cryptocurrencies. The National Internet fin uh, Finance Association of China, the Chinese Banking, uh, probably China Banking Association, and the Payment and Clearing Association of China also warned that cryptocurrency trading was a speculative activity. While crypto mining has come under specific fire for most of this year, China's effort to ban crypto trading has began as far back as 2017. Mm -hmm. And it is very, very rough because a good chunk of what's going on in the world when it comes to, to crypto, because the Chinese realize they're not stupid, that uh, it's a way of getting around the government's you know, issues. And, and I'm not saying they should. Obviously, they should pay their taxes if need be. Um, Messing with the Chinese government is much worse than messing with the U.S. government. Um, but uh, there's also, I, I, I hate this, I'm not going to call Chinese people lawless, but there is a difference of cultural perspective I have learned about Chinese people, particularly those living in China. One of the, in particular, is, is just a, a difference of the belief of the way things work in the world. And it's like one of the, the stereotypes about Americans, and I'm sure Europeans are aware of this, is that we're all stupid hicks. We're not. Um, but there's, once you, from the people I know who've lived in China, the, the stigma is actually worse in China. So I'm not saying they're stupid hicks. They're definitely not. But, uh, the closed mindedness of, of Americans is actually oddly similar to the closed mindedness of Chinese. Um, and I mean, maybe you say, I'm wrong to say this out loud because I've never been to China. How would I know? I know expatriates they have lived there and, um, the, the point I'm trying to make is that, that this China change, this government change, is because they're trying to regain control. It's the re same reason that Gary Gensler is being such a jerk to us here, is he's trying to regain control. Um, but the point is, crypto is not about control. It's about decentralized control. It's about doing the things that we were all meant to be able to do without institutions calling us out and saying, hey, we don't like this. Like, so What? The, literally, the invention of crypto was to get around institutions. Yeah, oh. absolutely yeah, right. No, China Chinese government doesn't like it. U.S. government doesn't like it. Most governments don't like it, unless they can benefit from it. In which case, they're going to like it. But yeah, I get it. They're, they're jealous. So, is Gary jealous? Yeah, I'm certain it's not just Gary that's jealous, though. Oh. Mm-hmm. President Biden expects to nominate crypto critics to OCC. What? Hold on a second. You want to read? That's that's cool. What do you think? That's, uh, it's down on the 23rd. Wow. I didn't look that far back. I didn't either until right now. Mike Novogratz, Gary Gensler wants to be the sheriff of Cryptoville. Oh, we did read that. that was, we, we did that one. We, yeah, we, we read that, one. but that, that was on the 22nd. But the, the next day, which is the 23rd, is President Biden expects to nominate crypto critics. Okay. Let's, I want to see. I want to read this here. I don't even know how to say that name. Sal, Sal Omar, Omar, uh, Omarova, Omarova 
has reportedly okay. been nominated as the next line to run the office of the comptroller of the currency, according to Bloomberg. Okay, let's see who this is. All right. Omar Rava, Rava, the professor at the Cornell University Law School, is also keenly aware of the crypto industry and hasn't shielded away from sharing her most recently critical views of the sector. In February of this year, Omar Rova shared a Financial Times article titled Bitcoin's Rise Reflects America's Decline, later tweeting that getting out of the post-COVID recession via real economy growth is of the utmost importance. And there, you can barely see her right there, but that's that's her. Uh, back in 2019, she said Bitcoin's rise from an obscure techno-utopian experiment to the asset feature in institutional investors' portfolio is a vivid example of how fintech te- technologies can be and is used to synthesize tradable financial assets effectively out of thin air. According to Bloomberg, Omar, Omar Rava has described the rise of the cryptocurrencies as benefiting mainly the dis- dysfunctional financial s- system we already have placing her firmly in line with some of the United States' most prominent regulatory and political figures uh, to have taken aim at crypto. Omarava also joins a long list of politicians and regulators that believe that the financial world is inherently political. In a written testimony to the United States Senate Committee on Banking, Housing and Urban Affairs from 2018, Omarava said, Money and power are two sides of the same coin. Finance is and always will be a matter of utmost and direct public policy significance. Virtualizing financial transactions does not change this basic fact. Only obscures uh, it from view, she added. The United States Crypto Skeptics this year has seen several prominent names in the United States political and regulatory scene adopt critical stances against cryptocurrencies. One such example is Senator Elizabeth Warren, who said the crypto industry needs to rule uh, rules needs rules of the road in order to protect customers. "Quote: I don't want to wait a whole I don't want to want to wait until a whole lot of people, a whole lot of small investors, a whole lot of." Uh, small traders have been completely wiped out, Warren said on CNBC interview in July. Gary Gensler, chair of the Securities and Exchange Commission, agreed with Senator Warren. In fact, he's gone further than simply saying the crypto industry needs better consumer protection laws. He's also said many crypto tokens, as described to them, look like unregistered securities. Cryptocurrencies do not fulfill the proper function of money, and cryptocurrencies also facilitate crime. Just this week, Gensler doubled down saying cryptocurrencies need to be regulated to protect the quote stability of the system that is um yeah let's see what this uh sally 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 omarava has in the books for us we'll see all right anything on that jake uh we're in the middle of this you know, <laughs> kerfuffle. This act, this you know, discombobulation and things that are constantly going on, and in the old uh, guard trying to understand the new as it's happening. It's moving and too fast for them, I think. It's definitely moving too fast for them. So it's it's unfortunate, and they they may or may not catch up. Um, and if it does come down to a uh, what's it called a regime of of restriction. 
that's really, really harsh, it's just going to squeeze it out somewhere else. It's like when you try to control the internet, yeah. <laughs> it just goes somewhere else. So it's like herding cats. It's, I, it's worse than herding cats. It's like trying to pin water to the wall. It's ridiculously difficult. So I think what politicians are trying to do is they're trying to recover from 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 um, from the COVID era. We're still sitting in the COVID era. Hopefully, at the end, uh, the end of COVID era, and trying to come back up but i think uh they're too stuck on what's been going on in the past trying to recover from that that crypto itself has moved so far forward uh throughout covid has never been stopped it's just been going and going and going and they're trying to recover unfortunately it's been exposed that the market is uh is very brittle and, and is on the verge of uh world governments are, are on the world of uh, collapsing unfortunately just because uh this this economic crisis that that every nation around the globe is in is is inevitably going to uh, have some level of collapse. I'm not saying that they're going back to zero, but there's going to be a uh, a correction in in global markets. Now, who is going to be the winner in global in, in this new economic era? Because for me, I see this new era changing the. I don't know. What do you think, Jake? Uh, changing, changing the economic hands, and I, I kind of want to say that China is going to be the new lead, only because China has been really moving, really moving forward with with tech and and really reaching out to the world and and doing business with the world or Russia. But I don't really see Russia taking that that place. Uh, in regards to the United States, I think what our issue is we're stuck with with too much political regulations and. Politicians just holding back innovation, unfortunately, and exactly, and, yes. and, and and networking with the world, and the world just just does not like how regulated we are in the states, and so they're doing business elsewhere, such as China. That's why I think when uh, when this switch happens, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be unfortunate, but uh, there's gonna be a correction here. Anyways, um, with that said, you want to wrap it? You want to wrap it up, or you want me to wrap it up? I can just reiterate what I said before, which was uh, uh, stacks. No, no, it's not that one. It's uh, like and subscribe. Stack <laughs> <laughs> um, stats and like and subscribe. Uh, yeah, well, remember, if you're all watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe, as, as we always say, because we need to up the algorithm so that we can bring more, more good content to you guys. We really appreciate you watching our show. And anyone who's listening and can't see the content that we're physically, you can always check us out on YouTube. But if you want to give us more feedback, please come and check out our Discord and on Reddit. And if you like our platform and you really appreciate what we're doing, we appreciate you. But to keep this going, we do need a little bit of donation. So you can donate through Bitcoin or Ethereum or Binance or BAT, BAT which is big attention token pat okay in the description below in the description below yep all right with that said buy my book just nfts.io search for esco esko with that said stack sets and hodl adios adios